Technically, it's three camps. We have three different encampments. Camp Brookwoods. Brookwoods. Camp Deer Run. Camp Deer Run. River Outpost. Three camps. Moreau and Brookwoods. Deer Run. River Outpost. The Three Camps Podcast. With your hosts, John Cooper and Seth Coates. Three camps. Hello and welcome to the Three Camps Podcast. My name is John Cooper. And I am Seth Coates. This is our 18th episode. Glad you're here. Uh, Seth, how are you today? I'm good. Good. Yeah. We're coming into the end of the calendar year. Um, We just finished a conference season that was one for the ages. Yes. Both here and MRO. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we both had very busy falls. Uh, actually, we saw the board here not too long ago. That was nice. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, and then you had to run back up to Maine? Yeah, I had. We have a project that we're doing that requires some site prep. So we had scheduled some guys to come up and clear some trees with us, myself, Jammer. Oh, yeah. Um, so fun, fun fact, on our way up, I leave here and it's raining. I pick up a boat that we had at a marina that was you know just getting winterized. And as we drive... Further north, it turns to snow. I just want to say I've never been to MRO where it hasn't been raining. So in my mind, it's just <laughs> it's always a, raining. Yeah, no, so it's now John snow. Only comes in the fall. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so we're driving up 201, and it changes to snow, and then it changes to real snow. Um, and my son was with me, Braden, and we keep talking about how like the different points north that the weather changes. So by the time we get to MRO. There's eight inches of snow on the ground. It's still snow. Are you kidding? Really? Yeah. Eight inches? Yes. And if you've driven up our driveway, you can picture that with eight inches of snow on it. Fortunately, I have a pretty good vehicle. Um, (laughs) We make it in. It all goes fine. The next day was a lot like a classic. We we lived up there on property for five years. Yeah. My family and and some other families too. We used to be year round. Anyways, it was a classic MRO day where we had nine inches of fresh snow on the ground, people arriving with some equipment. They managed to get it lodged across the entire driveway. Oh, man. Truck in this ditch, trailer with a big tractor on it into that ditch. Um, we find out this at noon. We go out to help. It takes until dark to get this wow. thing unlodged and up the driveway just enough to unload the things and drop the trailer and safely make it in. Classic MRO. Well, okay, so I want to tell this because if you if you listen to the podcast, you've heard a couple references to this driveway at MRO. Obviously, when we had the Elise and Jesse Requat, uh, the, the podcast with the moose yeah. uh, around the main border, Canadian border, um, they talk about that driveway. Well, the last time I was on that driveway, it is 10 to 12, 15 minute drive. And you've had to actually put signs right during camp year, during right. the summer and right. say like, no, you they're funny facts about how far you are from stuff, like 120 miles from a Starbucks or whatever, but you're basically saying, no, you're still on the right, right. road. <laughs> Don't worry. Take hope. You're still on the right track. Yeah. So doing that with eight inches of snow, I mean, there's some steep, steep banks yeah. at different parts. I mean, oh my goodness, just so, to navigate. The way I think of the MRO driveway in the winter is the way I think of snowmobiling. Speed is your friend and fear is your only limiting factor. I totally love that. Uh, while we're doing all this housekeeping stuff, Seth, we got um, another episode obviously going up today. We're going to try and have the listener one more up before the new year. I feel like if I say that now, we're definitely going to have to do it. Well, so we should. So maybe we should say it. We're locking, a, locking ourselves in. 
conference season again starts just into the new year and that for us a big swing for that is the winter reunion that takes place here right that's it's over the new year's weekend yeah here in mm -hmm. brookwoods right mm -hmm. check for, your emails your cabin notes yeah. yep um and john i've heard a rumor yeah i've heard that you are the speaker oh, such a mistake and someone else is going to run the kitchen yeah, Tim Nielsen's going to run the kitchen. He'll be fine. I don't think that's the mistake. We may regret, you know, I always say to Bob, are we sure we want a food guy doing any kind of speaking on a microphone? And I guess, you know, given this... Apparently we do. Apparently it's okay. But no, I think this will be, uh, yeah, we're going to regret this, but I am looking forward to it. No. It's... No, it'll, you'll be great. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So hopefully by then, so we usually want to have snow then. Right? Ideally, because we want a tube on the yes. hill, right? Yes. Yeah, so we've got to figure that one out. Hopefully, pray for a snow here. It's cold enough. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It just needs to fall from the sky. Yeah, for those of you who want our, sometimes we give winter weather updates. It's been hitting the teens at night. Yeah, yeah. which it was very mild for much longer than normal. Yeah. But now, it feels like we're in winter. And then when, you know this, I don't. When are we going to start to see the lake really freeze over uh it's um debbie strobel is the one to ask but um it's in january and it's not as early as you would think okay okay and i do know on good authority for the those people who are anticipating this uh ben to bone is working on the ice rink so i think that's definitely gonna be up and running but it stays cold we'll be, yeah it'll be we'll be in business yeah all right well listen it's uh wait what day is it it's first tuesday Episode 18, baby. <laughs> Let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. As Seth and I said, we will have, I think, one more episode coming before the new year. One that you should definitely stay tuned for. Uh, we're Before we go into Seth, we're going to bring in one special friend of the show, Melissa Yonan. She's really more of a friend of the show, kind of in the background. She helps us as we kind of plan episodes. She helps launch uh, or letting people know when episodes are up and running. We're going to hear more from Melissa throughout the life of this podcast, but we wanted to have her on actually just to talk about something very specific, very near and dear to her heart. And it is something that's coming up. So we thought we'd quick have a conversation with Melissa Yonan. All right. Before we hear from Seth, I have with me a huge friend of the show and a friend of all things camp, Melissa Yonan. Melissa, welcome. Thank you for having me. I, I have you on for a specific reason, but first we have to ask, top bunk or bottom bunk and why? Bottom bunk all the time, and I think it just convenience. Yeah. I'm a pretty efficient person, in and out. I like that. Yeah, no nonsense with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so uh, if you don't know Melissa, it's hard, it would be hard to actually think of somebody who didn't know Melissa who's been a part of camp, but um, she's like one of the uh, one of the people that makes this place go. Uh, very glad to have you. Um, when I was, let's see, when I would have been between 2019, 2020, would have been my first year. And somebody, and I don't remember who, was just like, well, that that's going to go right into cookie camp. And I was like, well, I don't, that's not a thing. I've never heard anyone say those words together before. Cookie camp, what is that? And then you came in one weekend and said, hey, I'm going to need all 140 of your sheet pans um, <laughs> and we're just going to make cookies. And I was like, I still am not really getting this. Uh, but then you did, you guys baked a th thousands of cookies and it was like this awesome thing where everyone kind of came together and put it together. Um, it was in the middle of us serving food to a conference group. So I didn't get to see it all, but um, that was where I met a few of the real OGs at camp, uh, which for me, my first year was fun. 
where, what is cookie camp? How did it start? What, what's the etymology here? Yeah, this is actually a really great story. So when I was in college, um, I grew up, my parents were living in, in Fairfield County, Connecticut, and we went to Hope Church, EV Free Church in Wilton, which we've had lots of campers come from there. And every Valentine's Day, the moms would get together and bring like they all the cookies that they wanted, like their specialty cookie, and save lots of corrugated boxes. And then they would have this big assembly, and they would send care packages at Valentine's Day to all the college students that were at Pope Church. So I would get this package at Indiana University, and it was a thousand percent my highlight. Like I knew it was coming. I knew whose cookies were whose, and I just adored it. I really felt loved on. So then as an adult and being having this job with camp and having, you know, college students in my life and having special relationships from the time they're campers into college, I started inviting girls over to my apartment in Washington, D.C., and we would bake cookies and I would just send them to a couple of young staff and they would send them to nieces or other young friends. So we started it there. And then I was involved at a, in a Bible study at Grace downtown, which is where I was going to church when I lived in Washington. And my friends were just tired of hearing about camp. I don't know how that could have possibly happened. And then they would say, I want to come to camp. And it's really hard, all of us who are listening to this, understand you can't just show up at camp. You can't have just eight friends show up at camp and show them around because we're busy. We're so busy working. And you kind of break their heart and you kind of break your own heart because you want to share camp, but there just wasn't a good way to do it. And then I had this, I was like, oh, light bulb moment. I said to Bob, what if I invite my Bible study to come to camp? Everybody will pay for their own plane tickets. We'll make cookies and we'll send them to college students. And he goes, okay. So maybe that first year... We sent maybe 100, 125 boxes, maybe. It was pretty rustic. You know, we all stayed in the loon. There were maybe just eight of us. We had an awesome time. And then I put a little tiny picture on the weather vane of us like holding 20 boxes of, you know, flat rate boxes. I did change a few things from the Hope Church model, like standard issue, so to speak. Sure. And. I put it in the weather vane and then I bumped into, of all places, at an outdoor concert in Virginia at the end of the summer, Kathleen Matthews, who a lot of our listeners will know. She was on staff um, for several summers in the 90s when she was in college. And Kathleen said, I saw that picture on the weather vane. Oh, by the way, Kathleen grew up in California, was living in New York, living and working in California, but happened to be in New York for the summer and just happened to be in Washington, D.C. in the parking lot when I was in the parking lot. Totally random. We have to say it. Hashtag camp has no boundaries. Camp has 100%. She was in a convertible, too. I wouldn't have seen her if she hadn't been in a convertible because she has, like, this, you know, red curly hair. I was like, Kathleen Matthews. Yeah. Okay, so Kathleen says, Melissa, I read that story about cookie camp. She's like, I want to go to cookie camp. (laughs) And that's when I was like, oh. Of course, of course, this should be deer runners making cookies. Yeah. So then the following year, so the first year we did it was 2009, I think, or 2007. I can't, I just pulled up the picture. 2007. And then this next year, I had to un- uninvite my girlfriends from church 
who were extremely disappointed. Sure. I said, you guys were so good, but you worked yourself out of a job. <laughs> As the alumni director, I need to make this an alumni event. And so then that next year, 2008, we, I just reached out to a handful of women and said, hey, do you want to come up to camp and bake cookies for the weekend? And so that's what, so that's what we've been doing. We try to identify um, college-age students. It's people that have been through our leadership programs, both at, in Maine and in New Hampshire, and previous staff. And we try to send them a package all four years, and we try for it to be a surprise at least the first year but i but some sometimes the, they forget that they got a package and so it's a surprise even the second year right but it's been really a huge blessing to work with moms and dads to get addresses and connect about camp when a lot of them have aged out of camp to just talk about camp again and what an important factor it was in the in their children's lives as well as in the life of their family we just feel like everybody needs some camp love come february totally it's a hard time to be a college student you're kind of out of energy and everybody could use a pick-me-up and it's nice to know that people are thinking about you i love it uh and i know it's appreciated do you have any numbers here like like what what's the standard how many cookies go out it's a we make about 2500 cookies yeah And we send about 250 packages. Mm -hmm. It depends on how many cookies we can bang out. Like you said, I kind of overtake your kitchen and kindly request that you don't do baked potatoes so that you don't need sheet pans or that you don't need anything that will require an oven, which is hard when you're a food director not to need your oven at noon for three hours. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's great. Um, Thanks for. So that's coming up. People can expect to see something in there. The right target audience can maybe benefit from cookies coming up in 2023 yeah we're gonna yes we're excited to be back in person this year yeah. we're, we're making it we're gonna make it work all right well we need to have you on to talk more things than just cookie camp but it is coming up so thanks for uh, checking in yeah thanks for making plans for me to take over your kitchen no problem <laughs> see you soon ciao thanks it's december it's first Tuesday. Thanksgiving is behind us and Christmas and New Year's are in front. If you're in college, finals are either upon you or about to crush your schedule like Dwayne The Rock Johnson's People's Elbow. This month, there will be holiday parties, Christmas programs, family gatherings, and at least a dozen other events that I'm leaving out. Some of these events we will look forward to and others we will be obligated to attend and others, if we were honest, We would ditch if it didn't matter to someone or if we weren't worried about what it would communicate to others. But let's focus on the good ones for a minute. The ones that we're looking forward to. Christmas Day is a day I look forward to. Not for the same reasons as when I was young, like camper age at MRO or even younger. Now I look forward to experiencing my children's joy. My oldest son, currently 12, gets so amped up for Christmas that he hardly sleeps the night before. When he was four or five, he literally woke us up every hour, all night long, just to ask if it was time yet. I think he sleeps a little more these days, but at least he doesn't wake us up every hour anymore. My kids started talking about Christmas weeks ago. Anders, our two and a half year old, will tell us, mine love Christmas. The allure of the Christmas tree and the gifts hold something for children that has diminished for me as an adult. I don't think that's bad. 
I just think it's a natural shift that goes along with moving from receiver to giver. The shift from receiver to giver is one we observe at camp. Campers are often in the receiver spot, coming to camp, expecting to learn and grow from the Bible studies, counselors, all the things. Staff are often in the giver role. And this time of year, as I'm looking for staff, this is something that I'm trying to get a sense of as I interview. This is a natural progression in the Christian life as well. If you look at Paul, you can see this. When he started off in the Bible, we see him as Saul, and he has a conversion experience that we read about in the book of Acts. He spends time with the local Christians as a receiver before launching into sharing the gospel and his own missionary journeys. I can track this in my own life as well. I had lots of years growing up as a young man learning about Christianity from the people at church, youth group, summer camp. Eventually I became a youth leader, camp counselor, and then a father. Now I spend a significant amount of time every year trying to create the best camp environment I can so that kids can learn about Jesus, so that they can be the receiver of that. I work with the staff to help them grow as leaders, as givers. I find a lot of satisfaction in seeing these things happen at camp. And I work at interacting with my own children in a way that shows them Jesus. We dialogue about music that we listen to, see how it lines up or doesn't line up with the Bible. And I find joy in seeing them become more and more like Jesus as they grow in their faith. I've been reading through the New Testament this fall, mostly from the letters of Paul and John and Peter, which are most of the various letters to the churches. You can see a similar shift in joy for the authors as they sit in the seat of giver, as they write to encourage the other believers. And we could deep dive here, but let me stick to just a couple really simple observations. Side note here, I love simple observations from the Bible because it's something we can all do. I have this belief that you could just read the Bible, make basic observations, and have a life-changing, rock-solid faith. Paul often gives thanks to God for the churches, the people he's writing to. He often tells them the joy God has given him from knowing their faith is growing. Philippians 1, 3 through 6 is a good example of this. He says, I thank God, I thank my God, every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This verse reminds me of, of a transition I am experiencing in my own life, moving from seeking my joy, my own joy, to finding joys in others. Don't get me wrong, I am just as selfish as anyone. Ask my wife or kids. They'll probably give you a real clear example from this morning when I was leaving the house, the couple hours that we overlapped. I'm just a normal guy. But reading something in the Bible and seeing that same thing show up in my life from time to time gives me hope that God might actually be shaping me into the man he wants me to be. Here's another basic observation from my reading this fall. In Paul's letters, he often spends some time telling us something he is thankful for. In 1 Timothy, Paul shares that he is thankful to be serving God. In 2 Timothy, Paul is thankful for Timothy. In Ephesians, Paul is thankful for the faith of his readers. In that sharing of thankfulness, he often credits 
God as the source for these things in his or his readers' lives. This recognition or attitude of thankfulness is something I desire in my own life. If you've spent much time with me or you've worked at MRO, you probably know that I can tend to be a glass half empty kind of guy. I like to think that on a good day, I'm a realist, maybe bordering on pessimism. And on a bad day, full send pessimist. I can be a lot like the dad figure in the cartoon, the Croods. It's a caveman, right? And he is tells stories to his family, draws pictures. And he ends most of these stories with a red handprint smashed on top of whatever pictograph he's just drawn and an abrupt, and they all died. From my reading this fall, God has been laying it on my heart to recognize the good things in my life and give credit to him for them. This thing that Paul does as he writes is an attitude I want in my life. I need it in my life. So I've been journaling some of these things in my quiet time. And I'm taking the time to slow down and write a list of things that I'm thankful for. Things that are present in my life right now. And I don't know that I've noticed any big attitude changes in myself yet. But I'm hoping that doing this thing that God has put on my heart to do, taking purposeful time to be thankful to God for the things that he's put in my life, will cultivate an attitude of thankfulness. Let me see if I can land this thing with a clear thought. It's early December. It's just early December. And there are lots of things to be thankful for in my life right now and in the coming days. Today, I am thankful for the time to write these things down and to have the Holy Spirit remind me of the shaping that God is doing in my life. I'm thankful that the Bible has simple truths in it that bring life change. It's early December. And as the month goes on, our schedules will get busier with good things. But knowing myself, that means I will get grumpy and struggle to remember to be thankful for the joy these things bring to my family members. Thank goodness it's just first Tuesday. And this reminder to myself has shown up early in the month. What about you? What does December hold for you? What simple truths are you noticing as you read the Bible? What reminders has God been putting in your life as he shapes you into his person? Let's be people who notice God's work in our lives and thank him for making us more like Jesus. Thank you for listening to the 18th episode of the Three Camps podcast. This podcast episode was produced by Seth Coates and myself. I joined Seth in saying you have a whole month to gear up and settle into a really special time. It's our hope that you are able to reflect, able to find peace, and able to zero in on things you can have gratitude and be thankful for. We have one more episode coming out before the year's end. Uh, for now, I'll say feel free to leave us a voicemail at 978-308-2679. And for those of you that we will see in Winter Reunion, looking forward to it. So long.